Jonathan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Well, thanks so much, Rob, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back on, and hello to all your listeners. Yep, roughing it with the stuffy nose as well. I appreciate that dedication. Uh, all right, well, you know, uh, it's the uh, time of year when all kinds of stuff are falling from the trees. One of those times <laughs> of year. Of course, of course. I don't have allergies myself, and I thank God every day for that. So I want to just jump right into it, man. These are exciting times for Spanglish Fly, yes? We are so excited. This record is uh, coming out this week, and uh, it is uh, the culmination of really the entirety of Spanglish Fly's existence so far. Um, Everything we've put out to this point has been little drips and drabs and samples of what we can do, and now this is finally a full-length LP that we're really, we we put uh, tons of detail-oriented effort into every tune and so we're, so we're very excited that it's uh, heading out into the world that our our collective baby is being born and pushed out there <laughs> yes and i'm very excited as well i love you guys i've checked out a lot of your music from last time you were on the show and now this time in preparation for the interview i got a sneak peek of the album so i really like the stuff man it's it's great work that you guys have done tell me a little bit more about the album what would you say is the uh, the vibe of this album. What what were you really going after with putting this album together? Well, Spanglish Fly all along has been trying to recreate the feel of late 1960s Latin boogaloo, so that sort of rough goofiness that uh, was part of the sound of uh, the 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 Latin solo boogaloo greats. Uh, in- the, the, the classic albums by Joe Batan and Ray, Ray Barreto and of uh, uh, you know Pete Rodriguez and Joe Kuma and don't you know like to stop me right there before I go on and on aiming games for a long time but um, we're 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 playing in that vein but we definitely um, we're shooting for a sound that listeners of all ages today could identify with um, so there are touches on the album that you you wouldn't have found on on, on uh, the 60s Boogaloo, Boogaloo Records, and I'm not saying we put in techno music or house music or hip hop or anything like that. Stylistically, it's definitely of a piece, but it's we're singing about and we're thinking about today in the world today while we're recreating that fun, funky, goofy vibe of late 90, late 1960s Latin Boogaloo. Good. Then let's zoom into a couple of these tracks. I want to talk about a few of these tracks and. Tell me one or two of the tracks that you think epitomize 1960s Boogaloo, something that if they popped it in back in the 60s, that's something they could groove out to back then. Uh, well, probably, I mean, some of the, the sorry for the hemming and hawing, but um, I'd say about half the tracks on the album, oh, I don't know, it's, that's hard. Okay, so a couple of the songs that we had recorded previously, that we re-recorded for this record, uh Me Gusta Mi Bicicleta and uh, Return of the Popo, which we actually completely changed for this record. Uh, Those are songs where, these were songs that we actually wrote years ago when we were really trying to capture the style. And I think those are songs that, uh, you know, would sound very much normal if they were track three of side two of some Louis Ramirez record back in the day. Um, So um, those are are really... uh, uh, those are really straightforwardish boogaloo tunes. I mean, with little wrinkles here and there, like I said. Um, 
And then, of course, we have our uh, something we, were, we, we, we had been playing for a while, we finally got around to recording, was our arrangement of the Johnny Cologne classic, Mira Veneca, um, which, um, which I think came out in a really cool way. We, uh, we changed, we, instead of having an acoustic piano, we made it in a, an organ riff, um, and instead of having it be choros all the way through, we have um, uh, our lead vocalist taking the, uh, the lyrics by herself for most of the tune. circles he is considered a giant and he's not very well known outside those circles Yah Supreme his name is and he's a, a rapper and, and a DJ and um, uh, I got to talking with him a while back and he loves the band sound and he just said to me give me some tracks and let me see what I can do and he he picked me up in a car and he um, completely transformed it that's, that's a, his remix which is not on the album it's a bonus track on the download, um, that's something that you certainly wouldn't have heard back in uh, the 1960s because it's got all kinds of uh, sounds in it that he added in. Uh, most of what he did, though, was he took our instrumental tracks, he reordered them, restructured them, did all kinds of things that, um, that uh, you know, just to, to have fun and, uh, play, you know, and uh, play around. It, yeah, it was an interesting approach. I, I enjoyed. It. At first, I thought, like, what the hell happened? Because I was just doing housework around as I was listening to the album, and then this thing came out. I'm like, oh, there must be some mistake. And then I heard the lyrics, like, no, 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 there's not a mistake. <laughs> I had to understand for a moment what was actually going on there. But once I got into it, I understood that this was a remix. I was like, oh, okay, this is nice. Yeah, I can, I can dance to this. And Mira Veneca is one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's a fantastic track. So good choice on on that for the remix too. And the the other song that I really enjoyed, this is because I'm a Yankees fan. I'm from Jersey. The uh, track number six, El Cuarenta y Dos, that one, um, I don't know. I, it, I think it's just something that Yankees fans obviously will love because it's all about Mariano Rivera. 
Right. Well, we that's that's a that's another two. That was the first two we recorded for the album, and it's the first time it's been available in this form. Uh, but we we sort of put it out there with a video a couple of years ago, and it actually got played. So this is I mean, this is how long this album's been in the works. Like I said, that was the first two we recorded, and that was during Mariano Rivera's last year. That song actually got played on an ESPN broadcast of. I think it was Mariano Rivera's last game in Fenway Park. So there was a Sunday night uh, ESPN game, and they um, they came to us and they said we want to play a you know play part of the song. When we go to commercial break right before he takes the mound, and uh, that's what he did. So that was that was an exciting moment for us uh, to reach that many listeners. But yeah, Mariano Rivera, whether you're a baseball fan, Yankee fan, whatever, he's. He's a New York City legend. He's a Bronx City. He's a Latino American legend. He stands for, uh, you know, kind of integrity, a kind of, uh, uh, a kind of, uh, I don't know, a, a kind of kind, generous attitude toward the world as well as a, as a kind of intensity. So um, we admire the way he goes about his work, and uh, we decided to write a, write a song about it. the fate of this tracks that are coming out which one is your personal favorite which one speaks the most to you well having i mean it's uh, you're putting me in a tough position because i wrote some of the tracks which one of your babies do you that. like the I most i do love them all the ones i wrote and the ones i did oh you know if you ask a parent that they'll tell you that they could never choose right so i'll just mention a couple things i like about each one um Hermano was the is the most personal song for me on the record and I'm not even going to go into the sort of uh, the uh, sort of complications of feelings of loss and detachment that I was feeling when I wrote some of those lyrics but um, the band transformed it into something I think really sort of otherworldly uh, and uh, you know these are all our children and we're proud of every last one of them um, but one thing that I continue to feel very good about is the first song on the album, 
Esta Tierra, which is a, a completely revamped, radically changed version of Woody Guthrie's This Land is Your Land. And I had this thought uh, a couple of years back when I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about uh, people who are trying to exclude people from entering the United States on the basis of their the language they speak or the countries they come from. But Donald Trump. And, uh, right, right, right. But, I mean, I, you know, I started thinking about this long before Donald Trump had this idea that he was going to be president or whatever, you know, long before. Anyway, long before, long before anyone in the media really paid any attention to his claims that he was going to be president. But before Donald Trump, we had, you know, there had been a, there's been a lot of noise. I mean, this... Uh, the United States has always been made up of immigrants, and it's always been made up of immigrants, people descended from immigrants who wanted to keep the next wave of immigrants out. Um, and this land is not owned by anyone, and uh, people from all countries and all walks of life should free to try to make their way here. Um, but it is people who speak Spanish who are... Um, getting excluded the most, or who there's the most outcry against. Um, so translating This Land Is Related to Spanish was um, an important gesture for us as a band. And completely radically, radically changing the song uh, was, of course, necessary, because we weren't, we weren't going to do a folk song. But I'm just really happy about the way it came out. It's got three sections. It's got an opening soul section, a middle uh, funk R&B section, and then it goes into a, a mambo um, where uh, David Frankel uh, does the soneos, and he really took over the song at that point, and it's, uh, it's, it's a great moment. Speaking of changes in, in timing, the other one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is Me Gusta Mi Bicicleta, 
where it goes in distinct portions of the song where one sounds very different from the other. Is that another track I'm imagining, or is that in Bicicleta? Track eight. No, that's 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 right. Um, uh, it, it's a a common gesture in the uh, during the Boogaloo era to go from Latin to funk, basically, to um, you know have part of a song sounding like. You wanted, you know, like here were here's here were these guys uh, in the late 1960s, young guys, and they wanted to sound like Tito Puente, and they wanted to sound like James Brown, and, and sometimes you do that by combining the sounds into one. Sometimes you do that by combining the sounds into one, but making a transition from one to the other in the middle of two. Um, so that's a that's a fairly common thing to go from, you know, what we would consider salsa straight into funk, and. Um, so we do that on Me Gusta Mi Bicicleta. It's, it's essentially a straight-up cha song for a couple minutes there, and then it launches into a James Brown riff. Wow! Oh, yeah. All right. Man, it is so catchy. That, that, that song, man, it, it, just, it just totally hit. It's the kind of song that is going to be stuck in my brain for at least the rest of the day, probably the rest of the week, in a really good way. I love the song, man. It's uh, it's solid stuff. I know that's one of your older tracks, if, you, if you, I'm not mistaken, but uh, I really do like that song. It's catchy. <laughs> This whole album is really catchy. Like we did re-record it. Oh, you re-record it. Oh, sorry. I was just saying we we re we re-record. Yeah, this the the two songs that had been out for a while, Popo and They Go Some Bicicleta. We 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 recorded those when we were a younger band, and uh, you know, taking a cue from. I mean, you know, I, I like to look at Thelonious Monk's output. Thelonious Monk recorded the same eight songs over and over throughout his career. So we talk, well, should we redo it or should we just let it sit? And I, you know, we decided that we would redo those two songs. Not all of our old stuff, but we would redo those two songs for this record, um, bringing uh, more intention to detail, more intensity when it came to actually crafting the sound as opposed to just getting out there and playing. Um, so it's a... Uh, 
it's that one's not. I mean, Ghost of Bicicleta is not as different on this record as uh, Return of the Popo is from the previous version. The previous version of Return of the Popo was called just the Popo, but this is a different version, so it's the Return it. of the Popo. Uh, but Ghost Bicicleta is, is has got a lot of changes to it, um, and I do think this one's different and better. And thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's the what we call the earworm, right? Catching this when it gets inside you know, that that sound that gets inside your head and you can't get it out. Um, and those two songs are, you know, what what thing what thing to uh, to point out about those two songs is um, a lot of the old Boogaloo songs are about uh, taking the subway and sometimes about. Uh, getting around the city uh, in a car and um, now we live in uh, the 21st century and here we are New York City and uh, almost everyone I know rides a bicycle around so both of those songs are about riding bikes around New York City mm-hmm. yeah the the whole album is very catchy and very solid I, I I hate to use the word catch because that implies that there isn't substance beneath it Whereas with this album, I really feel like there is a lot of substance beneath it. This is the kind of album where every one of the tracks, man, I can just listen all the way through, whereas I'm usually skipping around on things. Uh, we interviewed Pacific Mambo Orchestra previously, and that was shortly after their, uh, their Grammy win for the Latin Grammys. And, man, like, I don't know if you need to submit. I forget the details that he was telling me about, but you should submit this or... Uh, Get this in front of the people who decide on Latin Grammy stuff because uh, what's what's really cool about this as well is that I think that Boogaloo lends itself naturally to this by nature of the kind of music that it is where it blends this gap between Latino and United States or English culture where you have songs of both languages, you have mixing of of genres pretty heavily, and it's really interesting what what you did with this album, and really just all the songs are are fantastic. So uh, kudos to you and your team for putting this album together, man. Thank you so much, Rob. It's uh, so so nice to hear hear all this hard work paying off uh, just in the... uh, the appreciation of, uh, of a listener who takes it seriously. Yep, and I'm going to connect you with the PMO guys because I really think you got to do something to at least submit to the Latin Grammys if you haven't considered doing that kind of stuff yet. Um, now, as far as the, I, would, I wouldn't know the first thing about <laughs> it, but I'm all ears. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I won't start crossing my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> maybe our nice powers sound, combined. It's nice just to be mentioned in the same sentence. Yep. Well, our powers combined plus all the listeners. You know, Twitter is a hell of a tool, man. We'll just we'll just start tweeting out at the Latin Grammy handle, saying we get these guys on the the ballot. But I, I want to close here today just by asking you: How can people get a hold of you? How can people get a hold of this album? When's it going to drop? What are the details that we need to know about this upcoming album? Right. Well, thanks for asking those important questions. The album comes out on September 18th. Um, I don't know as I speak whether uh, you're going to air air this before or after that. But September 18th is the release date. Um, anyone can go to our website, www.spanglishfly.com, and find links there to buy the album. Uh, the site we use is actually Bandcamp, so if anyone's familiar with that site from for uh, purchasing that's that's how you buy it and how the sales go directly to us 
if you are more, co if your listeners are more comfortable using the large services, online services for ordering music, I'm not going to say their names out loud because I don't advertise for them, but everybody knows what they are. We'll be available there too um, by September, by September 18th. So um, it's it's uh, we're all over the internet. It's not hard to find Spanglish Fly at all. Um, just remember to type that G in when you're typing in. English, now, because it's a crucial difference. Uh, yeah, yep. Well, Oops, and for, for for other folks who listen to the album, love the album, maybe they're a part of their local Latin community, uh, Latin community wherever they live. Do you guys do touring? Are you planning on going on some kind of tours? How far out do you usually travel for gigs? I know you're based in the tri-state area there, but uh, but how far out have you gone out for gigs in the past? We've gone up and down the East Coast, uh, Massachusetts, North and Carolina, South, no, South, excuse me, South Carolina. Uh, we've played, we played a couple shows in South Carolina. We tour as we can. Um, as every musician knows, when you play in a 10-piece band, touring is really tough because uh, uh, you're dealing with a lot of expenses. So um, anytime we're offered, anytime we get to play in a festival somewhere, because uh, those are the those are the uh, those are, that's the way musicians get paid a festival or a, a private event. Um, we uh, we use that money to build a little a, a little tour around it. So we will be coming if you live in the Northeast. Uh, somewhere near you for sure at some point uh, but um, other than that uh, everybody's got to cross their fingers uh, hire us if you'd like bring us out to where you are pull your money whatever you need and, uh, we'd love to do that cool hey, Jonathan thank you so much for yeah, sorry. I think I think it's a little bit of a delay there. That's fine. Just saying, Jonathan, thank you so much for speaking with me here today. Really, congratulations to the whole team on the album dropping. It's great stuff. Uh, please, if you haven't, if you're listening right now, you haven't heard the album, go check it out. Uh, go buy the album. Go get these guys. Come play at your gig, at your congress. They're awesome. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks, and thanks to all your listeners for uh, for supporting the music.
your hips right, left, and you do it again. Now we're doing the Brooklyn Boogaloo. The Brooklyn Boogaloo.